It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Aha, ha, ha, ha. Yeah! What it do, baby? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 762 of Locked On Raptors. I'm Vivek Jacob. I am back as the interim host, and I'm joined by the wonderful Katie Heindel. We are co-hosting for the next little while since Sean Woodley has decided to load manage at the most opportune time when the Raptors are about to head into the postseason. Um, <laughs> super clever of Sean. Was Katie. Yeah, super, super, <laughs> super clever of Sean. Also, you know, we'll see what happens. He's the one that handed this over to us, so... Good luck. Lockdown Raptors is about to go down to in flames. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good luck to Sean's legacy. Uh, but remember, you can find Katie at whatevs on Twitter. That's at W-T-E-V-S. I'm at Vivek M. Jacob. The show is at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find every single episode. And obviously, under the Lockdown Network, there's plenty more that you can find uh, across the 30 NBA teams and the, any other sports that you may fancy uh, in the major leagues in North America. Please subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. That is an important part of us being able to do what we do. And that's pretty much all I'm going to do there. Let's get into today's episode where we are going to focus on Bubble Raptors and what the players have been doing um, who has looked the best so far? We're going to count down the top three Raptors in the bubble. Katie, what are your thoughts on what you've seen of the Raptors so far? And who would you say is, we'll, we'll, we'll work our way from, you know, the bottom up. So who would you say has been the third best Raptor so far? This is kind of tough because they've all been performing pretty well i'd say i mean Mm -hmm. the starters definitely have like there's been definite flourishes from the bench but third place this is tough uh (laughs) (laughs) this is tough oh i I feel like there's a consensus number one there could be but i also have a feeling we might be uh like misaligned on it but i'm curious to know but for me i think third i'm gonna give it to og and anobi because i think og a little bit of this is like a fingers crossed let's look forward and like i hope this is he can carry this through into the postseason but i think he's been such a like silent contributor he's been and by silent, I mean like sneaky. I don't mean like he's not doing anything. I think especially in games. <laughs> well, he's where, definitely not saying anything. He's not. Yeah, he's always a silent contributor on that end. But like in games, like I always think of the Lakers game. Like I come back to that where he just really like 
he had uh, LeBron and to an extent AD's number. And I think that was something they definitely weren't anticipating. I don't know that I was anticipating it. We kind of talked about how guys like Siakam and Van Vliet got to have their sort of growth spurts and jumps last year, last season. And OG never got his because of injury. And I think there was the question hanging of like, okay, when does he experience that growth and what is it and what does it look like? Um, And I think it's too early to discuss like his ceiling. Absolutely. But I also think we're sort of starting to see it now. We're starting to see that growth. Like we saw it regular season, but something in the bubble, he's just like, he stepped up. I always forget how big he is, how strong he (laughs) is. I really do, you know, like, cause his presence is just like, again, he's just kind of like a sneaky silent presence. And I think somebody like that, especially going into the playoffs is going to be so key for the Raptors who are just like relentless and annoying and, and dogged for the most part. Right. And like in your face. So, Oh gee, my number three, who's yours? Yeah, I think that's a really solid pick. Um, I'm actually going to agree with you because I think, you know, you you mentioned the Lakers game. I thought he was fantastic against Miami defending Bam Adebayo as well. Mm -hmm. Those have been sort of the two standout performances for him. And going in, you know, Nick Nurse said right from the top that there's going to be guys who are sort of behind the eight ball. Some guys are going to be ahead and it's all just a byproduct of what they had access to uh, during the pandemic. And for example, someone like Pascal Siakam hasn't got, didn't get off to the best start. Uh, and that was certainly understandable because he was, you know, cooped up in his condo in Toronto where he didn't have access to a court. And so, you know, I think all he was trying to do was stay in shape. And so I think some of the other guys who maybe have had access to a court um, the whole way through have benefited. And I think OG, you know, you mentioned it's too soon to talk about his ceiling, but maybe we're seeing hints of where he could be. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for so through, you know, year three now, we've seen what he can do defensively. We all, I, I, I think the consensus is that he's, you know, an all defensive candidate, uh, perennially, uh, he'll, he'll be at some point a a candidate for the all defensive player of the year. I don't think anyone doubts that, but it's always been, where can he get to offensively that will determine who he can be as a complete player. And now to see the improved handle where, you know, sometimes he has a mismatch and he gets a big on him. We saw Anthony Davis on him in the scrimmage games. We saw Zach Collins on him. Those opportunities where he gets a big mismatch uh, mismatched onto him and he's able to take them off the dribble and get to the rim and sometimes finish, sometimes, you know, just uh, make a kick out for an open three-pointer. Those are the things that are going to elevate uh, what he can be uh, as a, in terms of how we view him as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm just so curious to see like where, where he's going to go in the playoffs, you know, and like how he's going to contribute and how nurse is going to work him into lineups going forward, especially because like the teams that have emerged as solid have kind of have come out as like very solid, but there's also been like some real mismatches. Like, you know, we know we're going to, well, I don't know that we know, but if we're like up against the Celtics again, that can be such a mismatch, like a frustrating mismatch for the Raptors. And I think that was like really, really clear in the last game um, that I think there's like components and players like OG who are still learning that kind of versatility. 
who will, mm-hmm. who will be very good, who could be very good, like answers to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's uh, a really good point that you make in highlighting the Celtics because so much of the playoffs is about matchups and the Celtics just counter so much of what the Raptors do so very well. And in OG's case, we talked about the opportunities to attack bigs on the offensive end. The Celtics are most, they mostly play small. Mm -hmm. And so with their wing depth, OG's not going to have as many opportunities to take those bigs off the bounce off a mismatch. And so how is he going to generate offense uh, matched up against those other wings like, you know, Jason Tatum or, you know, Jalen Brown spent most of the game defending Pascal Siakam. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do against non-bigs going forward. But I think that's. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Enough for OG. Um, (laughs) It's enough for now. We'll tuck it aside with a little note to come back to it. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So number two, I think... I am going to go with Kyle Lowry. Um, I thought he was obviously spectacular in the Lakers game. And I think since then he's been solid, if unspectacular. Um, And I think, again, you know, so much of what he does is sort of uh, between the ears and just leading the team the right way and coming out with the right level of intensity and focus um and i think that permeates to the rest of the team and yeah when he's shooting the ball like he did against the lakers uh i think the raptors team is really really tough to beat and mm-hmm. so yeah i will give him second place right now yeah i'm with you on this one no surprise i think okay um, <laughs> look at that look we're, at us we're just pretty aligned yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very polite thus far but no i think like larry it's just these intangibles, right? That he always brings to the game. And like, I appreciate it so much when there's no um, generative energy from offense, you know, when it's like the Raptors are kind of lying dead in the water with that, that Larry will still just like attempt to put the entire team on his back and just like plow through the paint um, and like do whatever he can, you know? And like, he's in, like, he's putting his body on the line. He's taking charges, obviously. He's just like, he, he's such a good barometer of where a game can kind of turn and, and how, and like what the Raptors can do and have it within their power to turn it like pretty intuitively, I'd say like ahead of a lot of other teams. So just like as that person on the floor, he's been 
he's been who I think we want him to be so far in the bubble. And I also like the sense that I have that he's holding back. And I don't mean I'm like sugarcoating this and being like, you know, his poor performances so far. I'm not like, oh, he's just holding back. But I really do have a sense aside from that, like from wanting to have seen more that he's just kind of getting a sense of things as they start to play, like Mm -hmm. as a sense of like what some matchups are going to be going into the playoffs, like for who they've seen thus far. He's also watching other games. Like he's just, he's taking it all in and I really appreciate that. And he's so watchful uh, on and off the floor. So I think I'm, I'm again, like someone, same as OG, like this is somebody who I'm looking forward to kind of what's next in like the next couple of weeks of games. Uh, But yeah, like, I don't know. You can't make this list and not include Lowry in the top three. You can't. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, you know, it's interesting you say that because along those same lines, I feel like Marcus All has that same level of impact. Like mm-hmm. when you look at the Raptors in the bubble and the defensive numbers when he's been on the floor, they've been ridiculous. And he's not going to be in my top three, but you can make every case that he should be because of the impact that he provides. Again, offensively, people might say that, oh, you know, maybe he's not shooting the ball as well as he should. He's not taking as many shots as he should. And again, you don't, you know, his performance just isn't as loud where people take notice. But I'm with Nick Nurse when, you know, when he says that Marcus All is as good as it gets at the center position because of his impact. And, um, that applies to Lowry as well. You know, I, I, one of the things I think about is I look at all the guards in the bubble right now. If I could swap him out for any point guard, you know, who who would I put in? And the only one that maybe I, I'd do it for is Chris Ball. I mean, LeBron James, if you want to count him as a point guard, but mm-hmm. outside of those two guys, I can't think of anyone I would rather have on this Raptors team in specifically looking at, how they would fit the rest of the roster. Mm -hmm. No, there's nobody. (laughs) There isn't. (laughs) And I do want to add on to, because I don't think, I think it's safe to say Gasol's not our number one pick. No spoilers, right? No, no. So I do want to give Gasol an honorable mention because I actually have liked, I think it's been frustrating to some people when Gasol will just stop short and like take the shot (laughs) from deep. I think it's Mm -hmm. been like, troublesome or maybe worrying to some people but i'm like let those fly mark because you're obviously oh i love it yeah you're like feeling through something you are getting a sense of just like again like what's to come if he's like wants to be that generative for offensive energy and like i don't know not even just like forget about the midcourt altogether i like it uh and i like how he's just also he doesn't seem to be like he, they're not falling, but he doesn't really give a shit. Like, he's just like, you know what? These are going to come because we have seen the, him like take those kind of like really clutch shots when it counts. And he's just mm-hmm. like, he's so cool. He's so calm and collected. He's so tan. And I think, <laughs> I just think like, uh, I like, I like how he's played so far. I really do. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you on that. Keep firing away, Mark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we support it. Here at the Locked On Pod. Uh, so, number one, I think based on who we've picked for the first two, that we're going to have a consensus here as well. Uh, I've got Fred Van Vliet. So far in the bubble, 19.4 points, 6.8 assists, 4.2 rebounds, 2.3 steals, deflections all over the place. He's shooting 42 
12.4% from three. He's getting to the line more often, too. Who's your number one, Katie? It's Fred. We're the same. Wow. We matched the whole list. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's absolutely Fred. I, like, very pettily am enjoying how much, like, his name is on the lips of, like, everybody else who's watching, uh, like, bubble basketball, like, whether that's, like, American broadcasters, like, American fans. Um, They're just, like, who is this guy? And we're, like, we know who this guy is. Like, it's Freddie. We've seen him for years now. And, like, Fred is one of the main – when I'm forced to enter into this argument, which I don't like doing, but this, like, argument of, like, who knew the Raptors were going to be so good (laughs) this year? Fred is one of the mainstays of what my argument is for, like, well, we knew. Of course we knew because Fred – has been part of this like growing core that the team is building up around since pre Kawhi, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and he's, and we've seen him like incrementally improve and improve and improve uh, in that kind of classic Raptors way where they're aside from Siakam, you don't really have explosive improvements. It's just sort of been like a steady increase until, you know, you're someone like Van Vliet and you get to this point where it's completely undeniable uh, how skilled and how proficient and, like just how good of an all around player you are. I think like with Fred, like his assists too. Like, I don't know if he, I guess again, like maybe this was just like, I've missed him, but just like (laughs) 11 assists in that Lakers game, like 10 in the magic game. Like he's just, he's just there with Lowry, right? Like he's just that kind of player who is just like, he looks for the next step and sees what needs to happen. And I don't know, like uh, though that was actually the one detraction from this, I will say there are times when, uh, especially with this like midcourt offense with um, they, they're like someone like Fred, this has happened to Fred a couple of times too. He'll like be super quick in transition. He'll be running it down the floor. He's like got the, either he can like go in for the layup or he can like stop short and pull up and take the shot and he'll wait a little bit. And I think that's detracted some in some games from just like, especially when shots aren't falling. I, I want to see Fred just like start, taking those shots or like start going into the paint a little bit more. Um, but it's not the worst thing that like the habit that your team has is to move the ball around, you know, and be good communicators like at, like at the utmost. Yeah, no, I think Fred, the thing I love is you knew guys like him, Norm, OG, and obviously Pascal were going to come back from, the championship offseason better players and ready for the opportunity to take advantage of the, you know, the touches that were going to be available without Kawhi and without Danny. But to see him, and, and I know it's a small sample size, but to see him almost take another step from where he was during this little COVID hiatus, mm-hmm. I feel that to me, you know, speaks volumes of uh, the type of player the Raptors could have, for years to come. I think he's improved um, his finishing at the rim, his decisiveness uh, in that regard. I think there's, you know, there, there's still times where he gets a little too dribble happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, he is, uh, you know, at least able to finish under less duress uh, at the rim. And again, the outside shot, you can't say enough about that. I think, He's addressed maybe one of the biggest question marks that teams might have had about him heading into free agency where, you know, maybe people would have looked at last year's series against Philadelphia and Orlando uh, and said, oh, look at the way length is really bothering him, size. Um, 
and the fact that he wasn't really able to get his shot off. And with the way he's been able to extend his range, it makes it more difficult for defenders to actually get out to him in the first place. So um, kudos to Fred. I think clearly the best player for the Raptors in the bubble. Uh, I'm glad we agree, Katie. (laughs) Maybe we will have a bit more uh, controversy after the break. But first, say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March. And now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. My bookie. My bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up in a one. I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. And with the start of Major League Baseball just around the corner, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. My bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKDOWNNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. All right, Katie, we've talked about the best Raptors players in the bubble. But the big question is, are any of them good enough to make the all-bubble team that the NBA decided to make a thing <laughs> this this week? I really thought this was a joke until you told me it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's an actual press release that came into my email, and I was like, oh, this is real. I thought you were like, let's try this out as, like a, as a segment <laughs> just for the show. <laughs> um, but no, it's a real thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think like if you're looking at the sample that we gave, I believe they should all be there, but I mean, top two for sure, Lowry and Fred. But I think if you've got, if you're hard pressed for one, it's gotta be Van Vliet. Yeah. I, yeah. So this is where I think Van Vliet is definitely the top candidate. And now when I'm looking at the names that should be on the team. So for example, on the first team, so I believe there's two teams and it's it's called the let's see here the all seeding games first team um and then there's a second team as well but when I look at the first team especially if they do it by position mm-hmm. I don't think you can look past Damian Lillard and Devin Booker in the guards category yeah yeah so that I think is a tough one for Fred. I mean, I would look past Devin Booker, but I get, I get it based on his. Yeah, <laughs> this is strictly sample size. The bubble where, like, Booker seems to love to play basketball. He wants bubble basketball all the time. And the Suns are miraculously seven and zero. Who would have saw that coming? Literally nobody. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't think he has a shot at the first team, but the second team, I think he's got a bit of a play there. And I think if if you factor in sort of the statement wins that the Raptors had against Miami um, and the Lakers, the one thing I hope is that 
you know, the people who end up voting for this thing and uh, in this tiny sample size don't look at the Boston game and say, hey, what happened here when clearly there was so much that was being kept under the table and under wraps for a potential clash in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I could see happening, even though like we as Raptors fans ha- haven't like we didn't put them on our list and we've been kind of like, I think the both of us have been a little bit, you know, disappointed in his performance thus far, but we both understand it's a, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of what the analogy is. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. <laughs> but Siakam <laughs> just given his like name and kind of notoriety. Um, and I don't know, like there's been a lot of talk this week of like narrative based voting, but like Siakam has kind of been set up to be the superstar, like to be the kind of narrative player that I think right. weirdly, like a lot of um, fans who aren't familiar with the Raptors have become super familiar with, um, mm-hmm. with good reason, some of it, but other stuff, it's just like, you're like, no, this is just the optics machine of the NBA and how that works. Um, but I could see Ziakam ending up on one of these, even though he hasn't ended up on us, the experts lists. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point because if we're being real about you know, what the Raptors have accomplished this season. Uh, if people were really taking notice, they would be talking about Kyle Lowry way more yes. than they have been. But Pascal Siakam has sort of been the sexy thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like observing his rise, it, it, at least, you know, stateside, seems to suggest that, oh, oh, this person is paying attention to the Raptors when really... Kyle Lowry has been the driver of the Raptors success year upon year upon year upon year. And he's definitely not getting talked about nearly enough. And I think that to me is more indicative of how the Raptors are viewed um, across the border. Yeah, totally. But it will frustrate us both to no end that it's not like Lowry's like not on this first list. Yeah. Or probably any list. <laughs> I still can't believe this is real. Like we don't need to, it's almost, sometimes it just feels like it's like if the bubble were a person at this point, Mm -hmm. it's like the person that you would just like coddle and like pander to and always just be like, you're doing amazing. You're doing so good. And like, no one can be critical of the bubble. Um, But like the bubble doesn't need, (laughs) the bubble doesn't need its own like uh, all NBA bubble performers like we don't really need this at all i get why they're doing it but it's just like it's a little bit much the bubble is the youngest child is that what you're saying katie yeah i guess so but i'm the youngest (laughs) child and i don't feel like i behave like the bubble would if the bubble was a person i'm just i'm just taking shots that's all (laughs) but on that family related note the phoenix suns did a wonderful thing (laughs) I'm not so bad at this, am I? No, you're great. You're great. (laughs) (laughs) 
the Phoenix Suns did a wonderful thing and had uh, the starting five's family members introduce each of them into their last game. And I feel like that would be such a wonderful idea uh, for the Raptors. Well, not just the Raptors, the rest of the league uh, for the games uh, that go on from here on out. What did you think of what the Phoenix Suns did? And do you have early nominees uh, (laughs) of who specifically should be uh, reading out the players' names uh, for each player? It was so cute. Like, obviously, it destroyed me, but, like, it was so good. And they, the best thing is just, like, they they obviously had no idea, you know? So, like, seeing their reactions real time. Uh, I also really loved how, like, nervous some of the family members or people who were, like, asked to do it were. Like, you could tell, like, some really, like, went and leaned into it. Like, Ricky Rubio's, Ricky Rubio's whole family just looks like nine other different, like, sizes of Ricky Rubio. I loved it. I loved theirs it. I loved that they got the whole family involved. I know. No, theirs was have their little bit. theirs was incredible. Theirs was probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, like this is something I hope that I wouldn't even be mad, you know, like because sometimes like teams are like, oh, we got to come up with our own media. Like we don't want to rip off other teams. But if every team ripped this off, I would be so happy. And like the players would be so happy too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like. As far as the Raptors, the first people that came to mind, though, were Siakam's brothers because, like, they – you've probably – I don't know if you've chatted with them, but, like, you always see them around games. And I've, Mm -hmm. like, interviewed them uh, just, like, about Siakam. And just to hear them talk about him in general, like, you know, like, not – in something like this that's meant to hype him up, like, the amount that they just, like, are awed by him. I'm, like, so proud of him and just, like, a little bit amazed – in like everything they ever talk about him, it would be very, very fun to see them get to like be true hype men in this case. <laughs> yeah. The relationship they share is so special. The bond. I I mean, I still love that clip when uh, Siakam becomes an all-star starter mm-hmm. and they're in the elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that is such pure joy to watch. Oh, it's like, What's up? What's good? What's up? What's good? <laughs> yeah, he's always trying to like talk them down and they won't. Like they don't really like cause he I think like Siakam is still kinda at that age where he's like wants to be a cool guy sometimes, but like they his brothers don't care like about that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. Um yeah, so they they should definitely do his intros. I yeah, it'll be awesome to see uh, Shantae do the intro for Fred. Oh, and his um, kids. Yeah. And he's, oh, my God. Yeah. Even if it's just them, like, <laughs> Fred Jr. Fred Jr. just not caring yeah, at all. Fred, <laughs> Fred Jr.'s, like, kind of, like, stare down face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but just, like, them just, like, jump, kind of, like, jumping and, and, like, yelling stuff you don't really understand would be really cute. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kyle's mom. Oh, my God. Yeah, Marie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, cut yeah. from like Marie to like Carter and Cameron. Yes. Oh my God. I would love that. Uh, who else? Powell. Some. They should just do like Powell's dogs. <laughs> they should just have like Apollo and Odin. Oh my like, God. J- just like barking. Because <laughs> he would yeah. obviously love that. <laughs> um. Oh, who else? Mark's daughter. Oh yeah, and probably Pal, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, that would that would be that would be fantastic. That would be really cute. It would be funny if for Surge, it was OG. <laughs> he was like, "I put you on." <laughs> if he's just, I don't know. If he's just like, "I I put you on everything," like Serge Ibaka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you see the little clip of Rondé Hollis Jefferson? Uh, speaking into his mic yes. and saying that pass. Was, was that when he was mic'd? Like he was mic'd up for the broadcast? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Because I missed anything uh, else that he said. So th- this is quite the the uh, the heel turn. He's gone from not being Norm's child to <laughs> being Chris Boucher's dad. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of like, yeah, there's a lot of paternal relationships constantly shifting within the Raptors uh, roster. <laughs> we've seen yeah but i like it it's fluid you know yeah nothing none none of this is forced it's such a natural sort of chemistry that they share with each other Mm -hmm. and you just see it all the time i mean even even you know when when they did the slam cover interview um all of it just comes across so naturally and it's good to have them all back uh we will be back uh Ooh, tomorrow another good episode. one another really good one sean's, <laughs> sean's gotta watch his back man <laughs> <laughs> but uh before we sign off katie is there anything you would like to plug uh yeah i just wrote i went very long uh if you were like oh i've read all the vince carter um tributes i would ever need to you're wrong because I wrote one uh, <laughs> and it was published this week on Dime. Uh, mm-hmm. And I kind of, I tried to treat it because when you look at that guy's career, like there's certain moments that everybody talks about and you, you already know them, but I was really interested in treating each one of them almost as their own, like this kind of burst. And what I, what I was approaching as like the whole constellation of Vince Carter and how difficult it can be to kind of like take the myth away from the man at some point. But like, in some ways, like with the dunk contest, I leaned really heavily into the myth in some terrible things like the trade from the Raptors. I really tried to pare it down to just like the guy at that age, like how he felt about it. So uh, it was like a real labor of love, but it's difficult. It's difficult to like condense someone like that down uh, into any story, but you should, you should read that. Fantastic. I've, I've gotten into the habit of, saving your columns for like off days okay because you're just so smart and funny and thoughtful with everything that you write that it's just the perfect way to start like an off day for me so i have not got to the piece yet i will be reading it uh on thursday (laughs) the raptors don't have a game um but for more from me you can follow me at vivek m jacob and you can find my work at Complex and Raptors Republic, where I'm doing player breakdowns after every game. Those are very good. Oh, thank you. This is just the thank hyping each other up part of the podcast. <laughs> that, that's basically what it's going to be for the next few weeks, <laughs> so whenever Sean's back, um, if they even want to bring him back at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> enjoy your break, bud. We miss you. <laughs> Not really, but... <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of locked on raptors don't forget to rate subscribe review and we'll catch you next time
Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.